Ahoy, welcome to a brand new episode of Baffled, it's your favourite fact podcast, back once again. Thank you for being there, my name's Dan, welcome along. Each week we bring you nine facts, didn't fancy rounding off to an even ten. It's three each and you have to decide whether they are worth sharing, whether they're good pub ammo, or whether they should be chucked in that famous bin of knowledge. Uh, I have my three, uh, stuff about a battle blunder, an almost bankrupt F1 team, can you believe it? And I've got a Connor-worthy fact about Tic Tacs. Mark is also here. Hello! Right, this week for you, I've got something about the IKEA effect. Also, what happens if you try and sue God? And finally, an old-fashioned joke. Uh, Connor is also here with us remotely today. Connor, hello. Hello. Today we are going to talk about Pepsi. A little bit of Pepsi. We're also going to talk about the Olympics, the marathon in the Olympics too. Um, and something about urine. Urine? No, you're in. <laughs> We're you. all in. There you go. We, we've started fantastically. So stick around. It's a brand new episode of Battle. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Just a, a few things before we really start, mainly on your facts, Mark. Yes. So you had the IKEA fact. Yes. When we had Guest Fest the first time, Ethan mm. Lawrence came on. Yes. From Afterlife and things like that. And he shared the IKEA fact, which is one of the best facts I've heard. So Yes, absolutely. Let's see if yours can beat that. This is something related to IKEA, but not directly about IKEA. And the old joke that you were seeing. bloody... About, the old joke you were saying. I bloody love IKEA. The old joke you were saying. <laughs> nightmare. <laughs> Can we try and do the rounds when we talk? Yeah, don't forget about me over here, <laughs> dipsticks. Yeah, just because yeah. you're stuck you're at right? home throwing up. I know, I know, but the, me. But right. the but you got no. you got you got Mark banging on. You got you talking about Ethan Lawrence. But the the, the, the right? yeah, I'm gonna do it. The job here is leading the chat. And secondly, yes. you're talking about old jokes. Old jokes. We, we've had a fact about an old joke before. We have. Let's let's you know wait with bated breath and see if you're gonna r- replicate a fact, uh, Connor. Apparently you love Ikea. Bloody love Ikea, yeah. Thanks for leading that chat, Dan. Yeah, I love Ikea. What is it about Ikea that you love so much? The meatballs. Great, okay. One of those people. I I really can't be dealing with an Ikea. Can't be dealing with them at all. But I'm excited to know this fact. I tell you what, Connor. Can can we just, just before we get going, Connor, I know that you're at home because you're ill, you're not feeling very well. You're used to having a poo palace. You're in your new place now. Is the toilet quickly accessible if you need to literally like jump up and go? You've got your AirPods in. We're not going to hear it if you go for a sh- mid show, are we? ASAP. All coming into the uh, all coming into this microphone in front of me. The AirPods will be picking up zero poo moments. Well, Connor, let's let's have you let's have you crack on then and 
give us your first fact of the show. Okay, so the Romans, way back in the day, used human urine as mouthwash. Romans, indeed, used to buy bottles of different urine and use that to rinse their mouths. Um, and apparently the reason for it was due to the high level of ammonia in urine. It was thought to disinfect mouths and whiten the teeth too. The best bit about it is, and what, what I found the most shocking, was when I was reading this, um, it was actually a really popular ingredient in mouthwash in many parts of Europe until the 18th century. So it went on for a while, this. I, I really enjoyed the fact you did that like like an ad, like a voiceover. <laughs> Due to the high levels of Literally. ammonia. Indeed, the Romans, they would brush their teeth with piss. And you can too, thanks to the new and improved brand new formula, the high intensity of ammonia. I enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah. Ammonia makes that makes your teeth nice and white. So if you're ever struggling for your Listerine and you need something, give your uh, housemate a little tap on the back, eh? Give it a slash. Who's that to be your housemate? Use your own if you need. It's, it's, I always think... The Romans were meant to be geniuses, right? You know, the old jokes, yeah. what have the Romans ever done for us? Well, they gave us schools, they gave us roads, they gave us plumbing. Yet they were, you know, effectively brushing their teeth with, brushing their teeth with piss. I mean, if you're doing all that good, you're going to have the odd idea which isn't quite as strong. But then again, if it worked, it worked. We just come up with better examples since. Like roads aren't exactly as roads used to be. Schools aren't exactly as schools used to be. We've improved upon. So maybe we can say what have the Romans done to us? They bought us mouthwash yeah. and water sports at the same time. But, you know, I just think that surely that from the get go, you know, that'd be a bad idea. Now, that is your waste. Like, put oh, in, like naturally, like putting waste in your mouth, surely yeah, but I think, you would I think know. you know that now. But back in the time, I mean, think about there was a lot of stuff that was questionable back in the days. A lot of stuff we're doing now. We spoke about this the other week. There's a lot of stuff we do now that's probably questionable. But at the time, you're kind of like, well, I see no be- better option. I guess so. Yeah. Like Mark being on this podcast, eh, Dan? You know, it's just right now there is no better option. So we had to settle with Mark, didn't we? And hey, if that's the reason I'm here, I'm all right. I'm still here picking up my paycheck. Thank you very much. I joke, I don't get paid for this. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. But yeah, so they used, it, they used it all the way up to the 18th century as well. So it's quite a long while that they strongly believed but there's been so much about this before that I've read about with when I'm looking for the world of facts, not spending my Friday reading about piss, but of course not. apparently they drink a lot of wee. I mean, Bear Grylls, he done like a show, didn't he, where he actually drunk his own wee. It's got like loads of nutrients in it. Like there's lots of goodness that can come from weird things in your urine. Yeah, but I don't think Bear Grylls is doing that, you know, every morning. He's doing that because he's a survival expert and when he needs to, whereas this people... You know, doing it every day. They think that's a good idea. No, I know. I know. I know. And yeah. And the thing, the thing that kind of makes me gag on this is the fact they rinsed. That means they were fully, you know, really getting it going around the teeth. It, oh, well, I'd rather swallow it. Get it done. Doing it a good get it swell. Well, the thing is, if, if you're not going to yeah. like, of course you're going to rinse. Otherwise, what's the point of doing it? You're not getting the effects. If you're going to do it, like in for a penny, in for a pound, don't just put it in and go out and go, well, I hope that works. Put it in and full on rinse. Would you do it? You know, if you were if you were left quickly, you know, if you were left at the final final bit, bad breath, you're going on your final date, you've got no other options, but you knew that we could solve it. No. Yeah, I, I would have. But, that, but that's because now there is so many other alternatives. Yeah, but what 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 if you haven't got them? What if you forgot about Colgate? You forgot about Listerine? I mean, I don't use mouthwash now anyway, oh, so you can tell those those bits yeah. of cheddar cheese hanging from yeah, your gums. I, I a few that are left. <laughs> I I wouldn't for the simple reason that I 
I would, I would tell them just because I'm, I'm kind of like that. You know, it's like an interesting thing. I'm like, oh, you never guess what? And even if I tried not to, I'd sat, sit there opposite the girl on the date and be like, oh, you never guess what happened? What? Oh, I rinsed my mouth with piss. Where are you going? <laughs> Come back. Yeah. I just, I'd be a lot like that. So lucky that you have, so lucky you've got a girlfriend, mate. Really. I don't know. I think I'd be great on the dating scene now. Mm, you would be the story that everyone tells their friends about. I can be whimsically charming. And also, I tell you what it Can is. Can you be- try some of that on this podcast? Because I've been together with my girlfriend for such a long time, I have never like had the fear. You know what I mean? Like when I go out on when I go on lads' holidays or something like that, I'm always the one that has to break ground and chat to girls because they're all panicking about where this might lead. Whereas I, you know, I, it's not going to lead anywhere for me. I know that, so I don't care about it. So I am the eight ultimate wingman. And I can understand if you were single that you'd have that same thought that, hey, this ain't going to lead anywhere. Yeah, anyway. Exactly. I wonder how that would translate. Mark, give us your first fact of the show. Okay, I'm going to tell you something called the Ikea effect. Now this describes how people tend to value an object more if they make it or assemble it themselves. It basically occurs because we have a psychological need as humans to feel competent so therefore people will put more worth on stuff connor's literally leaving to have a uh therefore people will put more worth on things from ikea on the basis of they build it themselves thus it's more impressive yeah i think that makes that makes sense doesn't it yeah makes a lot of sense they've even tested this the point of they put two sets of people in a room gave one easy math problems which they could solve easily gave another set really hard math problems so they couldn't solve them Came out of the room, said, hey, here's some furniture. What do you want to buy? The guys that couldn't do the maths, so people like Connor, were immediately like, oh, buy the Ikea stuff. They have to prove themselves. Because they have to prove themselves that they can buy it. There is something extremely satisfying, though, isn't there, with building the Ikea furniture. When you achieve it, I mean, some of it's bloody hard work. I built a sofa bed when I moved into this flat, and it took easily five hours. See, and this is the thing. You are incredibly proud of that because of this thing called the Ikea effect. So let's say you ever went and sold it. The way that this works is that you would look at similar sofa beds online and go, oh, well, they're selling for 100 quid. Well, I built that's worth 150. Yeah, that makes sense. Because you immediately put more worth on it. When I went to Ikea, when I moved into my flat and we got a load of placeholder furniture because I didn't like any of the stuff. Mm. But, you know, we needed bookcases. We needed a TV stand. And obviously, because we've made that, I've not bought anything else because I can see my, my toil and my graft that's gone into it. And they're ugly as sin. Yeah, but you made it. You love it. This is the thing with Ikea as well. Everybody goes to Ikea to get the bits to just hold the fault until you get your nice bits. And they end up staying there for years. Years and years and years and years and years. You'll never get rid of them. They'll just be there. So it's called the Ikea effect, but it does stretch wider. So companies like HelloFresh, they charge more than you would expect Mm. for what they are on the basis of you go, well, I'm making a home-cooked meal rather than getting a takeaway or something, thus I can charge more. Uh, in the 1950s, this is one of the early cases they found of it, uh, instant cake mixes, you know, the ones that you buy from supermarkets and you just have to pour some... Betty Crocker. Yeah, that stuff, right? So originally they didn't perform that well because housewives thought it made cooking too easy. So what they did was they removed a step so you then had to add an egg, immediately gain popularity. Because That's people went, isn't it? I'm making that because I'm putting an egg in it. That's really interesting. I've done, I've done the Rolls Royce thing. I must have told the Rolls Royce thing. I mean, it's slightly different, but I think and it might be an old wives' tale. They were offered, you know, the starter engine, Rolls Royce back in the day where you stick the key in the motor and turn it on. Uh, whereas before, at the time, you would have to stick one of those rods right in the front of the car and wind it round. And Rolls Royce said no, that they didn't want to do that because the people who owned, their, who bought their cars wanted to see their butlers actually get out and do something. So that's why they turned down 
apparently the uh, the, the key starting ignition. Uh, I just, I can't be dealing with IKEA. I can't be dealing with the fact that you're hurled, shuttled around like cattle. I can't be dealing that everyone thinks it's cool because you get meatballs and yet you don't have to book to go in the restaurant. Can't be dealing with it at all. The only thing I like, on your way out, you get the like little gingerbread biscuits and you get the dime bars that you can't get anywhere else. It's the only reason I go. Can't be dealing with the things. Connor, what's your other IKEA opinion? I've got some of them. Got some of them in the drawer, the dime bars. Elite, the orange ones. Sensational. Yeah, we used to be able to get them in shops. But such as uh, Johnson's Britain, you can't get that. (laughs) You can't. So what do you mean by you hate the fact you can walk into the restaurant? No, you have to book now. Do you not like restaurants? No, you have to book as well whenever I've been. And also, it's like like people are going there not to do their shopping. They're booking to go to the restaurant. Who the fuck is I know. Just like, fine, they're probably good meatballs. I just feel like there's this like a a culture where it's like, oh, they do meatballs. Yeah, I I know they do meatballs. I feel like it's cool to like Ikea and like the meat like I think come it's got, on sort your life out I think it's gone out the other way actually I think about 10-15 years ago it was like was when they first started doing it and not everyone knew mm. whereas now I think that it's not like a, at all a niche thing so I'm not raining on you for liking Connor uh, for liking meatballs Connor I bloody love meatballs especially for my Ikea yeah. right first fact of the show for me is all about a thing called Fort Blunder so in 1818 during uh, one of the Ameri- during one of the um, the wars that they had, I think it was the Amer- American Revolution at the time. They the Americans began work on a fort, a battlement right on the border of Canada because they wanted to stop the British from invading from Canada. So they built it right on the edge of a lake, on the edge of Lake Champlain. They were building this mighty fort, but then they realised they'd accidentally built it on the Canadian side, oh, not on the American side. So they needed to give the whole thing up. Thousands and thousands, $275,000 later, they discovered the problem through the survey. After two years of building, the fort had been built on the wrong side of the border. Uh, it was the other side of the 45th parallel. So they had to stop work on the fort. And now it's a running gag. It's called Fort Blunder. The thing is, if you're that yeah. if you're that much money into the works, clearly the Canadians or the Brits haven't noticed at that point. I'll just continue and just say, nah, line's wrong, mate. Yeah, true. Well, what's, what border's actually there? What's happened now is, so what do you think they did, Connor? They discovered that they had built this fort in the wrong place, just north of the borderline, the frontier, so it was now in Canada. They had spent, you know, the best part of $300,000 on this. What do you reckon they did to make sure they can use the fort? No, uh, I don't know. You can't move the border. I don't no, know. that's exactly what they did do. Instead of moving the fort, they just moved the border a hundred meters or so further inland. And how was the border like recognised? How did they know where the border was? Well, well clearly they didn't. This is you know, exactly. This is always the very grey area, isn't it? Like when borders go through lakes and stuff. Who knows? Yeah. Just I guess people have a map somewhere. Yeah, right, right. Makes sense. Move the border, not the fault. There you Moving go. The fault, bloody hard work. <laughs> Move the border. No one knows about it. it I like this stuff. Exactly. And in 2020, it's now called Fort Montgomery. Uh, it's been tried to su- been sold a few times. One of the owners who inherited it tried to sell it on eBay and got a bid for $5 million. Uh, now, the owners still want to sell it. And as of 2020, you could buy it for uh, less than $1 million, which is less than the price of a two-bed New York City condo. Nice. That is Fort Blunder. Brilliantly named now Fort Montgomery. Connor, give us your second fact of the show. Okay, we're going to talk about the Olympics now. Okay, so at the 1904 Olympics in St. Louis... The marathon that took place was a complete and utter mess. 
Now, this made me laugh because the first place finisher did most of the race in a car. The guy in second almost died from eating rat poison. And the fourth place finisher raced in dress pants and shoes and took a nap by the side of the road for part of the race just because he needed a break. So why was he allowed to do it in a car? What's that about? Well, it was pretty much a mess anyway. So the entire course was like super dusty. Um, and everyone was like breathing in all of the dust and it caused all kinds of injuries, including one runner who was hospitalized with homohygiene. Homohygiene. Hemohygiene? Yeah. The fuck that is. Sounds legit. Uh, after the dust tore his esophagus and stomach lining. Basically, it was organized like a complete enough fest. So the people that were running it were barely even Olympians. So they were just kind of doing what they wanted to do and taking it as it come, which involved some of them driving a car, some of them going off and doing other things during this huge, great big marathon. It was a complete mess. Just what astounds me, though, is why he was allowed to finish it if he's in the car. Yeah. He's not, he's not run across the finish well, line. So that that the fir- does seem like cheating. Well, the first place finisher was called Fred Laws, and he hitched a ride in a car to the end of the course after he was struck with serious cramping. So he's in quite a lot of pain. Uh, he got out shortly before the finish line and crossed it, which fooled some of the onlookers. He claimed he did it. Oh, it's okay. a joke. Right, okay. I feel a bit, I feel a bit better Yeah, about so that, it was more yeah. of a joke. And then obviously second place was a guy called Thomas Hicks. He was given a mixture of egg whites and strychnine, a poison strychnine. that is often used to kill rodents or birds as an attempt at a performance-enhancing drug. So he thought it was going to make him loads better. He just had a load yeah. of poison. He was... Bloody unwell. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? I also think at this point we should just clarify, because we do have a large base of American listeners, that this is talking about St. Louis, not St. Louis, and St. Louis in Missouri in the United States. Sorry, Connor. Oh, you, St. Louis, there we go. You, you, are, saying it correct, you are saying it the correct French way, but in America it's St. Louis. Do they? Yes. I don't know. I'm not having that. Yeah, it's, it's St. Louis. So they're but anyway, carry on, Connor. To bring it back to the level that we enjoy, the fourth place finisher... Adderin, his name was, uh, was a Cuban national who raised money to attend the Olympics by running the entire length of Cuba. He gambled away all the money when he arrived in the States and showed up for the race in dress clothing. So that's why he ended up running in a bloody suit and smart shoes. It was a complete mess. 1904, there we go. They've come a long way since then, the, uh, the old Olympics. But yeah, it was a bit of a joke. What uh, event at the Olympics would you master, Connor, do you reckon? You see, this is the thing. I've, I've, I've been asked this question before when you talk to friends about the Olympics, yeah. Like, when the Olympics are on, what one would you be good at? Uh, it, would, it would just be football, because I'm good at football. That's it. Anything else I'd be useless at. I'm really bad at lifting heavy weights. I'm really bad at, like, running. I'm really, really slow. I'm not fast sprinter. I don't know. In the endurance stuff, I would just struggle with. I don't think I've got the mental capacity to beat it. Mark? Long jump. Long jump. Yeah. Just a bit of running What's and jumping. What's a load of absolute... <laughs> just a bit of running and jumping. Just roll. Long jump. Yeah. yeah, you just run and you jump. That sounds pretty easy. Mark, it's all about the Mark, time. Mark can't be that hard, can it? Full. Mark, Mark would jump full, skid a little bit and be like, no, I'm not. No, it was actually a full jump. Like, yeah. honestly, like, I did actually jump this That is thing. exactly how I speak. No, no, no. I think I'd be quite good at the, Here we go. Uh, the let's, diving. Let's the diving. The diving. Yeah, I can... Do- mate, you're a bit of a hefty... You're a bit of a hefty runner, though. You do quite. Yeah, a lot but I'm of not running. really quick. Genuinely thought you were just going to leave you. You're just quite hefty, mate. Are you sure you want to do diving? No, no, no. But it's quite <laughs> a lot of water coming out on the splash there. <laughs> I'm not. There'll be people watching. They'll be soaked. I well, I can run and I've run marathons, but I mean, you need to be absolutely rapid. Whereas I think with a little bit of training, I like I can dive. I think a bit of training to refine everything. I wouldn't make a complete to it myself. 
Yeah. Like making sure your legs are straight, maybe chucking a flip in there. I mean, I'm not, you know, Tom Daly. No. Nah, I'm not there knitting, am I? I love the fact that... And if in doubt, just do a cannonball and get on everyone's good side. Like, you'll go viral for that. Right, Mark, give us your second fact of this here show. Someone once sued God and won. Feel bad. Feel bad about this. Yeah, God's so. the creator, the almighty, benevolent, omniscient, omnipresent creator. Let me send you back to 1970. Arizonian lawyer Russell T. Tanzi filed a lawsuit against God on behalf of his secretary, Betty Penrose. Got two fantastically American names there. Great names. Uh, he was seeking $100,000 in damages because Penrose blamed God for his negligence after a lightning bolt struck her house and burnt it to the ground. Well, so who... who My who, God, who, what a load. Uh, who is defending oh. God? So this is the thing. So when God, and I quote, failed to turn up in court, <laughs> Penrose won the case by default. But who paid out? No one's entirely sure that this has ever been paid out, which clearly it hasn't been because where the F did this you get the money is, from? This is, right, I'm calling it, I'm calling it because you would call it if it was me. Mark, you have got this from a pirate website. This is not a fact. This is a this fact. This has never happened. Look it up. This has because, never happened. Because you see, the difference is, Connor, that I see ridiculous things like this, then I go and do research to make sure it is a fact. Says who? Where is the proof that this thing happened? No one paid out. Someone sat in court, blamed God. God got the blame and nothing happened. Doesn't mean it didn't, didn't mean that this didn't exist. This, this well, that's not a court case. No one got paid out. Now, here's my question, right? God supposedly failed to turn up in court, but... In court, in America, you swear on the Bible, so therefore you're saying everything is truthful in front of God, so therefore God must always be there. Oh, so there, there you go. How is God not in court if he is in court because you have to swear in front of God? So I think there's double standards going on here. I'm just, That's the ontological... I'm lost on, I'm lost on this fact. I'm lost on this fact. What, what are you Mark, so I'm not saying that, that you're wrong. I'm saying... Because, because it isn't a court... You can't just go to court and then someone wins and then no one gets paid out and it's a court. It just it gets dismissed. It's not a thing. It doesn't exist. No one got paid out. It, it's just Strict, nonsense. Strictly it speaking, God still owes Betty Penrose from Arizona $100,000 in damages. Uh, others have tried to sue right. God in the past. Ernie Chambers filed a lawsuit in 2008 seeking a permanent injunction against God's harmful activities. That one was dismissed, though, because God could not be properly notified that he had to go to court because he had no fixed address. So that one got thrown out. Well, they got no enough bloody way. buildings, don't they? Yeah, but no fixed address. He's, a, he's everywhere. What? He's omnipresent, so how can he have a fixed address? Your thing about... You, you know, you have to swear on the Bible. Yes. So you have to swear in front of God about something mm. that implies that God is there. Yes. That's very good. That's a very good argument for the existence of God. You know, in Ari, we call that the ontological argument. Yeah. The, 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 but therefore, I don't see how God could have failed the... to turn up in court and Penrose therefore win the case by default. I think the judge was very biased. <laughs> Just Mark, blowing this one wide open. Did you... Yes. Did you get that bit from... From the fact, or did you observe the fact that you have to say that? It's balling, isn't it? It's my own observation. That's this old noggin Man, working very, very hard here. It's very good, that. Very good. I mean, if you if you was in that if you was in that court, yeah, you'd smash you, it. Yeah, Your Honor, yeah. I object. That's what they yell, isn't yeah. it? And then I'd say, if God is not here, how is He always here when we swear on the Bible? And then the judge would be like, what? I know. And with your fancy degrees and your intelligence, what have you been doing today? I've been putting some Easter eggs in some mugs. There you go. Living yeah. the dream. Living the dream. Living the dream, mate. Existence of the word implies existence of the being. Right. Second fact for me. Uh, the F1 driver Kimi Raikkonen nearly bankrupted his team 
He raced for Lotus at the time. I've been watching a lot of uh, Drive to Survive at the moment. I'm all mm. over it. Did you see on that? Did you see the story of the American guy who met Max Verstappen and uh, Christian Horner and went, "Oh, I love your acting in Drive to Survive." <laughs> Don't get me started. So I'm, I'm, I've just started season three. Uh, have you seen Drive to Survive? Yes, I have. Connor, have you seen Drive to Survive? Mate, I'm a huge F1 fan. I've seen it all. So great. Here's my, here's my, my reaction, my, my opinions based on the two series. I, I'm not a fan of Christian Horner, not at all. So neither, I, I, I think he seems to be a terrible man manager. I can't be dealing with it. Neither was I. And then my friend said to me, watch Drive to Survive and just imagine him as a comic baddie. And actually, it makes it a lot more bearable. Yeah, I'm down with that. But you know what? I see a lot of resemblances with myself and the boss of, uh, I think, Mercedes, Toto, Toto Wolf. Wolf. We, we, we are cut from the same cloth. How? What? Stunningly good looking. Okay. Charismatic. No. Efficient. No. no. A beautiful accent. No. So I'm a bit of him anyway. The F1 driver, Kimi Raikkonen, nearly... Yeah, actually, as well. Was, and when you look at achievements, too. We are really level close. Sort of thing, we yeah. are right up there. Uh, I'm trying to think who, who you could be, Connor. Like, anyway, Kimi like, Raikkonen. Who's the really shit one in the, fir- in the first series that keeps crashing? Anyone that races for Williams. Anyway. Uh, I'm, just, I'm, just throwing it out. I'm just throwing it out there, and we can happily do this one day. If we put us on a go-kart course, I would shit all over both of you. Oh, so 100%. I would we'll lose. Leave that right yeah, there. I would seen, lose. What makes you good at go-karting, do you think? It's often wondered me what the what the skill is because because I think Mark's probably a really good normal driver in real life, mm. so therefore he's quite safe. He does things right. Yeah, I'm probably not so. Dan would be pushing too hard because he'd just want to win. That he would f- it up, and then I would just be there driving. Yeah, but you're very smug. That smugness is going to let you down. Yeah, it's a lot of dragging smug. Yeah, that's a good point. Anyway, Kimi Räikkönen. I was really interested in this fact. Kimi Räikkönen nearly bankrupted his Lotus team because they put a fifty thousand euro bonus per point into his contract, thinking that they wouldn't, he wouldn't score many. Kimi scored 390 points in two years, including 15 podiums and two race wins, which nearly bankrupted Lotus. Now, I think that he actually said, look, you don't need to pay me all of it because I know you're going to go out of business. So I would like you to be uh, in existence rather than me have even more money. But yeah, he almost bankrupted F1. Uh, during the 20... Sorry, almost bankrupted Lotus during 2012 and 2013. I mean, that's that's a bad way to go out of business. You go out of business because you're too successful. Yeah. We overperformed and now we're broke. 50 grand times 390 is 19 and a half million. Yeah, so they, so they, were, uh, they owed him 19 and a half million and it, um, it started to become a bit of a problem for Lotus during the second season when the, runny, when the money started to run out. And it looked likely that Raikkonen... When was this? So 2012-2013, it looked likely Raikkonen wouldn't drive in the 2013 Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, but then after some dithering, he did turn up. It's interesting, isn't it, when you think about it, that 2013 time, 19... I mean, Lotus weren't a massive team but 19 and a half million is obviously a lot of money yes but when you look at like Max Verstappen who's just signed a five-year deal with Red Bull for like 60 million it goes to show that they probably didn't have much money because I know that Red Bull probably would be able to pay that pretty quickly well owned by a huge like drink brand whereas uh oh yeah but you know lower small car brand right well, they're exactly. not they're not a huge car brand anymore are they? yeah they're not you know the world's most popular energy drink um, yeah, I, I saw this and as, um, the thing with F1, hmm. I love Drive to Survive, can't yeah. be dealing with watching the races. Who's got that much time to dedicate? It's, it's quite long, isn't it? Who's got it's that much time? It's quite long, they just go around in circles. This is the point. <clears throat> this gives you the narrative that you need. This gives you the stories that you need. 
F1 cars. That's what. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. Okay. I did watch a fantastic YouTube video the other day because I just watched an episode where some random energy drink company sponsor a show and then uh, sponsor a team rather and then immediately becomes apparent they have no money. And I was watching a fantastic YouTube video about all like the rogue sponsors on F1 cars and about half, half of the companies that you see on the on the spoiler and all over the car and on the gear that they wear don't really exist. Really? Mm, yes, very, very fascinating. There you go, Kimi Raikkonen almost bankrupted Lotus because he was too good. Welcome to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, a brand new podcast bringing together people's real ghost, extraterrestrial and paranormal stories, as well as getting some inside details from those who study the supernatural. I'll be listening through your paranormal stories every week and try to understand them, as well as chatting about my own encounters with an occasional paranormal investigator too. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts from, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Acast. Just search for Paranormal Activity with Yvette Fielding. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You can always get in touch with the show, by the way. It's info at baffledpod.com. And we are at baffledpod on TikTok and on Instagram. Mark, who has got in touch with us. Uh, Hannah has got in touch on the emails, info at as Dan said. She says, guys, recently re-listened to some episodes and I had to Google the phrase cack-handed. <laughs> Did you guys know the origin? No, but I want to know. Is, is Hannah American, I'm guessing? Uh, she is American, yes. Yeah, it's a very British phrase, isn't it, cack-handed? I always used to think cack-handed just means you're, you do things a bit So, you're not too far off. Connor, you're right there. Connor's just decided to stand up. You're listening. You're listening, are you? All right. Didn't. Didn't need to make a point of it. You were talking. Come on. She says, Developed among people who are mainly right-handed, they reserve the left hand for cleaning oneself after defecating. And they use the right hand for other purposes. Really? Therefore, it was considered rude to give something to someone using your left-handed, 
Sorry, using your left hand because you, your left hand would be your cack hand. So I'd if you, you use your left hand, you were cack handed. That's fantastic. Now, and I think we've, we've spoken about my mum's initials. What? CH. Cack. Cack. Okay. Great. Hello, hello to Cack. Thank you for, for procreating your son. I know we've spoken about wiping etiquette before, and I think I've got better actually, but who. I'm right handed. Are you right handed? I'm left handed. What do you wipe with? Right hand. Yeah. Oh, so you do the opposite? Yeah. Connor. Are you right-handed? Yeah, I'm, my girlfriend helps me wipe. Don't need to ask any questions. I've got IBS. Connor has IBS. Connor has IBS. But it bloody well works when it comes out the other end. I <laughs> Okay. Well, I... I d- we'll leave that right I there. Don't, I don't want to talk about it. It's a hard moment in my I life. I don't think people... You know, I, I'm right-handed and I wipe with my right because I get the most amount of control. I can't. I can't be dealing with. Yeah, I do. I do. Leaning the other way. as well. Who stands up and wipes? Who stands up and wipes? Well, I've, I've stopped. We, I've, I've, I've stopped I bet doing you that, are, aren't you? I, yeah. This is what this is what we discussed. I did used to stand and wipe, but now I wipe sat down, and I don't know if I'm a fan of it. Did really. you? But when you used to when you used to stand up, didn't your ass cheeks used to squeeze together? So the, and just again, I don't. I don't really want to. I don't really want to. You know, go over old ground here because we have covered this before. I mentioned that I do wipe standing up. And you got very angry that if I stand up, it'll push my ass cheeks. No, I've got plenty of control over that. Do you stand and, and squat you, a bit? Well, no, but you, you got your other hand. Control your ass well, you cheeks coming together. You got your other, the well, fact that you can you, control. No, you got your other hand to prize apart. Oh, it's infoatbafflepod.com if you want to get in touch. Hannah, that's a fantastic fact, by the way. Yeah. Also, she said, uh, "Y'all still do badges?" Question mark. If so, no. address below. So we've sent her some badges. Where does they she actually live? went out today. She sent an email yesterday, and they went out today. She lives in. Michigan. It's infobafflepod.com. Thank you for being there. Connor, son of cack. Last fact of the show. So Pepsi got its name from pepsin, the digestive enzyme. Now, the reason for this was Pepsi chose to use this name because they believed that it was actually a healthy cola that helped with digestion. That was actually one of the main purposes behind the reason they created Pepsi because they actually think that it helps with digestion. Okay. And the reason that yeah. I brought this fact, the reason I brought yeah, this fact there. today yeah. was because I back that. I back that. You think it's good for your digestion? It helps me with digestion. It bloody helps me. Okay. Pepsi, Coca-Cola doesn't help me. Well, you know me. how Pepsi, Coca-Cola got his it name, It helps me with digestion. How? Or cocaine. Oh, well, yeah, whatever, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, but well, it Pepsi... Did. <laughs> that's, that's what it used to be made from. Yeah, yeah, whatever, mate. Yeah, whatever, yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Pepsi. But Pepsi actually helps me. Now, I don't know if that's because it acts as a laxative or whatever. I don't know, but it definitely helps me. Well, you, you can, as the master of stools, uh, what, what do you feel? Like when you've had a Pepsi, is, is it clogging you up more? Is it making you a bit more sleucy? Is it all in one go? Well, obviously... Take a picture. With suffering with IBS, you're either constipated or you're very loose, okay? And when I'm very constipated, I always find Pepsi just helps get me through that, that and a Big Mac. Well, that might be the caffeine in it, because when I have a, like a high caffeined coffee, you know, I'm in the toilet two minutes later. Caffeine does that, doesn't it? It does do that. Yeah. But Pepsi isn't as high in caffeine as Coke, surely. Well, I don't know. I don't, you know it's, it's not a fight that I'm interested in getting involved in. I've I, I got to say, you've saved that slightly when you did turn up saying Pepsi's named after Pepsin, which is something that you find in your gut. I raised a wry eyebrow at Mark and thought, you oh, did? Here, here we go. This is this is this is a. An episode. It's a third fact. This is. But this is a. Oh, I need to find one quickly. But you know what? 
fine. No, yeah, yeah. Just, just because I could relate to it. And I thought to myself, no, no, no. When I read this, I was like, this is actually true. This All the, all that time ago, this it does help me. It does help my gut. It really does. Pepsi. Not Pepsi Max, though. That, whew, my word, that always ends badly. That Pepsi Max Jerry. Bad choices. <laughs> Have you got any other great opinions on drinks? How does Dr. Pepper help you? Dr. Pepper's... Pretty even. Surely you two have got a drink other than coffee that just doesn't quite agree with you. Milkshake, stuff like that. Really, really high, creamy stuff. Surely. I can't really I can't really drink a milkshake anymore. I remember I had one on a raging hangover. I had like a thick banana milkshake and I mean it it stayed down for all of five seconds. Oh. Yeah, I mean it was awful. Oh god. So I can't really drink a milkshake that well anymore. Uh right, well thank you for Yeah, Mark. No. Go uh, I've, I've nothing to add. I tell you what, Mark is Connor, a man of intrigue and interest, isn't he? It doesn't matter what you throw him; he'll turn it into some golden content. No, I don't have anything like that. Mark, uh, give us your last fact of the show. The oldest British joke recorded dates back to the 10th century, time of the Anglo-Saxons. You want to hear it? Is, is it the one about your mum? No, it's not. That was the oldest your mum joke. This is the oldest British joke. What hangs at a man's thigh and wants to poke the hole that it's often poked before? Hello. A key. Oh, it's, not really, it's not really funny, is it? No, it's not really funny, no. But that is the oldest British joke. i tell you what it uh, is. But it's... it is good to know that even back in the 10th century, the time of the Anglo-Saxons, we still made sex jokes. Probably written down in the old Anglo-Saxon Chronicle, that, by, what was his name, Beadle? It might have been Beadle, who was a mm. famous chronicler. Anyway, yeah. I... It was more like a logic test, you know. It's like one of those things. Yeah. Where, you remember Ford Boyard back in the day? Yeah. When you'd have to go and get the the key from the old tower in the yeah. fort, and you'd get, oh, I am not a mouse. I am not a rat. What am I? That was that kind of thing. Pretty much, yeah. Connor, any opinions on either Fort Boyard or old jokes from the Anglo-Saxon times? I like it. I like. I think it's a great joke. I think it's a great yeah. joke because it gets you thinking of penis, and then it isn't that. It's great. Yeah. Connor has understood the mechanics behind this joke. I think I also have the oldest joke ever. If you want that, well, that's the your mum joke. No, that's yes, that. That was the oldest your mum joke. This is the no, oldest no, no, joke sorry. ever. No, the, the, we have had this fact before that the oldest joke ever written down was a your mum joke. No, that was my fact, and the fact was that the oldest your mum joke dated back to the Babylonians. The oldest joke ever is traced back to 1900 BC, and it was a saying of the uh, Sumerians who live in what is now southern Iraq. And it says, something which has never occurred since time immoral. A young woman did not fart in her husband's lap. Oh, yeah, I do remember this one. Yeah, I that's have, the I oldest joke ever. Yeah, it's not a your mum joke, but it's, it's, it's toilety, isn't it? Yes, toilet humour. I don't really get it. Here's the thing, and you know, we work in... Humour's changed over time. We work in the content industry where you need to you make, make things as tight as it can be. Just read out the, uh, the, the key joke one more time. What hangs at a man's thigh and wants to poke the hole that it's often poked before? A key. Yeah. I just, yeah. It's not catchy, is it? You could shave a few letters off, to be honest. I mean, I think you could just come up with a better joke. Connor, immediately, come up with a better joke than that. Knock, knock. Who's there? Doctor. No. No, I'm not, no. It's not new. Thank you very much. Right. Last fact of the show. What did I promise you, Connor? I promised hey, you. Hey, there is two packs of crisps crossing the road. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. A cab driver stops, says, do you want a lift? They go, no thanks, we're walkers. Yeah, that's not too bad. What you call a man with a bag of crisps on his head? Gary. Russell. Nice. 
Right, last fact of the show. What do you I call promise- a woman okay. with a fry no, up on her head? No, we're not doing this. Uh, with a fry up on her head, I don't know. Ka. Ka. <laughs> what do you call a woman with a tile on her head? Go on. Roof. Connor <laughs> <laughs> love that. <laughs> yes, that is brilliant. Roof tile, I buried that one. Right. What do you call a guy with a spade on his head? Yes, okay. What do you call a, a man with a spade on his head? Is it Doug? Doug. <laughs> it's Doug. Right, last fact of the show, and I promised you... I felt, mis- I felt left out. <laughs> oh, thank you. I promised you a Connor-worthy fact about Tic Tacs. Do you know why Tic Tacs are called Tic Tacs? Yes, I do. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week. Connor, why are Tic Tacs called Tic Tacs? I knew a kid at school that had a head the shape of a Tic Tac, and he got extremely bullied for it. Um, but No, I don't. <laughs> what is is, is, wait, is, is second, this another second. joke? What do you call a man with a head the shape <laughs> of a second, Tic Tac? One second. What a, I know that kids can be cruel, but what a strange thing to bully someone about that. Like, t- Tic Tac's just round. It's not like a particularly peculiar shape. No, it's ever so slightly long, you know, long in the middle. And that kid kind of What did you call that. him? Someone noticed Tic Tac. Right, great. Okay, okay great. Imagine this. <laughs> Always creative. Were you writing jokes with the Anglo-Saxons? Right, here we go. Tic Tacs are called Tic Tacs. So, in 1970, the Ferrero Company were looking to make a new minty sweet... And they made one, they put it in a box, they opened the box and it clicked and it closed and it clicked and it closed. When they opened it, it made that noise, tic-tac, so they called the sweet the tic-tac. It's called a tic-tac because the sound you make when you open and close the box is tic-tac. Thank you for listening to another episode of Baffled. What have we learnt? Well, the Romans weren't so smart after all. American mo- America moved a border just to save their own face. And Pepsi is good for the sh- and Connor, you, you would know at the moment more than anyone, yeah? Is that true? <laughs> yeah. Right, that made right. me laugh. All right, well, that's good. <laughs> made him laugh and that will make him. All right, well, listen, say oh. goodbye, Mark. Goodbye! Say goodbye, Connor. See ya. And I'll see you next week as well. I'm off to go and get some of that Pepsi Max to, to clog ourselves up. Uh, until next time, it's infobafflepod.com. We've got a fantastic Explains coming out this Friday, right? Yes, we do. It's I'm explaining to you. Come back. You can learn all about post boxes this Friday, and we've got a video going up as well on the YouTube channel. It's infobafflepod.com. We'll see you soon. Bye bye. Hold up. 